I'm Michael. And I'm Rebecca. And we just put our kids to bed. So come hang out with us as we talk about life. And other things. While while the kids sleep. Hey everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight on our episode of this podcast. Tonight we're talking about... Uh, cleaning with kids and how we sort of keep our house clean (laughs) in the midst of being parents to young children. So just some basic rules and tips and things that we do to kind of help in that area of our lives. But before we jump into our uh, content for our episode tonight, let's tell our while the kids were not sleeping story. And this story is about, well, I guess all three of our girls. Jessica and Nicole, our two oldest, have been taking swim lessons this summer from a really cool place called Swim Labs, actually. And it's been super awesome and super successful for them. And we've seen them make like greater strides there than they have in any other swim lessons before. But that's not part of our story. Um, <laughs> with these swim lessons, though, they go once a week. And they just finished their, swim la- their last swim lessons on Monday, so just a yesterday, their last ones for the summer. And at the very end of their last swim lessons, they came out and Savannah had been waiting in the waiting room with me and she sees Jessica and she sees Nicole and she reaches her arms out and she hugs Jessica, I mean, wraps her arms around Jessica's neck and squeezes in and she's like, ah, like hug. And then she finishes hugging Jessica and shoves her to the side, reaches her arms out to Nicole, same thing, hug, and then she's done, and gave a big hug, like, I've missed you, sisters. And it was so cute because it was completely deliberate, like, she may only be a year old, just barely, but she, it was cute, right, Michael? It was adorable. She loves her sisters, it made me so happy. And then the other thing, another swim lesson story about hugging was a few weeks back, Jessica and Nicole ended up being in the same class. I think they had to combine one week. And Nicole, like, did, I think she swam across the pool by herself or something for the first time really well. And I remember watching, like, her teacher was like, yay, Nicole, and high-fived her. And Jessica was right there on the side of the pool. And she reached over and gave her this big hug because she was such a proud big sister for her because she accomplished something. Anyway, it just makes me proud to see these girls love each other and give each other hugs and cheer for each other and miss each other. They're pretty cute. They're good kids, right, Michael? Yep, they're cute. Yep. So that's our story for tonight. Take it away, Michael. All right. So as Rebecca said, tonight's topic is cleaning with kids. This is where it's good this is a podcast and not a YouTube video because... (laughs) You don't know how clean our house is. It's not that bad. <laughs> uh, yes, we're But perfect. it is immaculate right now. Just, <laughs> you know, you're listening, just know that it is immaculate. Mm. Um, but the first topic for tonight's conversation is ground rules. And the first rule is there are no rules. <laughs> the second rule is... You don't talk about cleaning. <laughs> the, fir- the first rule of cleaning is, is that it, you don't talk, talk about, about cleaning. cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So we should mention that uh, a lot of tonight's episode is 
inspired by an article that Rebecca read in a magazine. Well, two articles, two actually. Articles. So we get free subscriptions. I don't remember what, how or why we get these free subscriptions to some magazines. But, yeah, one was a Better Homes and Gardens and one was a Real Simple, and they both had articles about, like, cleaning with kids and chores and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, these are great. And a lot of things really resonated with me. And so I was like, let's do a podcast on that because a lot of those things we use in our home that I had read in the articles. Yep, so this is kind of our Reader's Digest, our big takeaways of from those magazine ideas. Yep. And so one of the ground rules that we can see and agree with is they suggest make sure this is a collaboration with your kids this kind of just goes back into get their buy-in as well if they don't support it it's going to be a fight but if they've collaborate on you know what is the level of cleanliness we're going to have in our home they're going to have a little bit more buy-in mm-hmm. and understand that Everyone agreed on it. We're all in accord of this is the standard. And it's not just like I'm making you clean because you're the kids. It's the family contributes to to the home and to how the home feels. And so if we all work together, then it Mm -hmm. helps. Yep. Which kind of leads into the next ground rule of clarifying expectations. Mm -hmm. And this is important. What we mean by this is say it's somebody's chore to do the dishes or clear the table. What is that expectation? Is it all the dishes are loaded in the dishwasher or just keeping all the dishes in a pile in the sink? Right. If doing the, say if somebody's chore is doing the dishes after dinner, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Does that just mean getting the dishes off of the table and next to the sink or does that mean loaded in the dishwasher? Does that mean keeping the dishwasher loaded and keeping it unloaded if it's clean? Right. And then also I think it's good as a parent because kids have to learn how to clean. And at the beginning, they're not going to know what to do. You have to sit and take time with them and show them what you expect as a parent and also know that it's going to take them a while before they they get good at it. And at the same time, they may not have as high of standard as you do for certain types of cleanliness. And so I think it's good to realize that it's okay like if it's not perfect, if it's not, if this level of, they cleaned it and they did it to the best of their abilities, it's not my level of cleanliness as a parent, but that's okay. They did it to the best they can and just go, yeah, they did it, they did a good job. I think that's really important too, is to respect that, hey, they put in, they put in some good effort and to appreciate that. Yeah, so another example would be cleaning the bathroom. What does that mean? Does that just mean taking the toilet brush and cleaning the bowl? Does that mean getting a paper towel and reaching down behind the toilet and on the exterior wiping all that down? Does it mean doing the bathtub as well? Do you get the Windex out and wash the mirror? You know, really Mm kind of, does it mean mopping the floor in the bathroom? Yeah. So, you know, just setting that expectations. I know that was a frustration I remember from my childhood is there would be an assignment given like clean the hallway or whatever and you're like sweet okay i swept and then you come back and like all right i'm done and then mom would come and say well did you do the baseboards (laughs) no you didn't say baseboards and then you're like okay brush to the baseboards and like well and did you scrub the grout and the grout of the tile you know, like, and she hands you a toothbrush. And so it's always, you think the job is done and they always come back and say, no, did you do this and this and this? Yep. You can avoid a lot of those frustrations if you just say, hey, this is the expectation. When we say 
clean the living room, that could just be put away the toys. Yep. Or is it toys and vacuuming? Well, and I think this goes exactly right into our next topic is where we're talking about routine, is creating these, you know, regularly defined tasks that that happen in our families. And so checklists can come into that too, where we know, okay, this is a habit that's being created because we're doing these things over and over again. So when you say, hey, I need the living room cleaned. Well, the living room cleaned means we need to vacuum, we need to pick up our toys, or we need you to clean the bathroom, which means A, B, and C, or whatever. You know, I think that's something that will just become a habit and people just know, oh, that's what that's what's meant by cleaning this space. But you're right, making a list is super helpful. I know that I've had to do that because me, I always tend to have lots of lists in my head of things I like and I just check them off mentally a lot, but like I need to stop and I need to write things down for anybody else in the family to know what the heck is in my head. And so I know like in our marriage, when we sometimes have maybe like a busy Saturday or something, you'll come to me and be like, well, what do you want done? What do you want? What do we need to do today? And it's just super helpful if I just write out a list and say, okay, we got to get this and this and this done. I think that's better for all of us. Yep. And as Rebecca was talking about, you have to teach your children how to clean and stuff. These are kind of the expectations or kind of where we're sitting at with our kids and their, their age range and what is an appropriate chore for to match their age ability. There's so much, but we can just kind of spout off a few real quickly. So like for the age of like two to three years, their chores basically could be picking up their toys each day by the end of the day. They can dress themselves. That may not seem like a chore, but really, if they can get themselves dressed in their clothes in the morning, that's a huge deal. You know, brush their teeth. Or they can take out the bathroom trash, something super small like that like a four to five year old, something they can do on their own is make their bed or set the table for dinner. You hand them the plates, a four or five year old can go and set plates and utensils around the table at dinner time. Exactly. And then if they're six to seven years, they can get out the Windex and their cloth and they can wipe down the windows. They can wipe down counters. They can fold laundry. Jessica's pretty good at folding laundry. Jessica and Nicole, and they're only four and six, both of them, they help at least sort the laundry they're maybe not the best at folding it, but they can help sort it and put it away, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Savannah's really good at helping with laundry. <laughs> she just throws it across the room. And she's like, Mommy, I know what to do. And then same age, six to seven years, they can sweep. Eight or nine-year-old could prepare their own lunches. They could help with meal preparation, so dinner time. And they could load a dishwasher. Totally, totally. 10, 11 year olds, they can change their sheets on their beds. They can clean the bathroom, like we said yeah. before, whatever that can be, but they have the ability to do all types of cleaning in the bathroom. And they can even mow the lawn and start learning how to do that. Mm -hmm. Going on 12 plus, 12 year old could wash the car. 12 year old could help with their younger siblings. Mm -hmm. Babysit maybe. Babysit or maybe help their younger younger siblings pick up their toys and teach them how to do those cleaning activities. Very true. And then with teenagers, they're great because usually they're driving or eventually they're driving and so they're more mobile. So they can go do some grocery shopping or run some errands around to help out. I know that's something that every parent says when they're like first kid turned 16. They get so excited, yay, I have another driver in the house who is more than happy to say, oh yeah, I'll go run this errand for you because I get to drive the car. 
Like, how sweet is that? So I'm sure we will hit that point someday in our lives, too. Yeah, go pick up your siblings from soccer practice. Yep. And, and I remember when I first learned to drive, how excited I was. And any excuse to get behind the wheel was fun. Yeah, so those are just some things for different age groups. Think about what works for your family and what your kids' capabilities are. I'm sure they vary, but... There's so many possibilities. So outside of the setting routine, there's good to kind of have consequences that follow when a house is not clean. One thing we do in our house is, I grew up calling it a gunny sack. Some people call putting toys in timeout. Mm -hmm. Basically, we tell the kids, okay, it's time to clean up. And we give them direction, help them decide who's going to clean up what. Yep. And lately we've been having to set a timer saying, okay, you have 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever is appropriate to get this room clean. And if it's not clean, we're coming back in and anything that didn't get cleaned up in that time frame gets put into the gunny sack or a timeout sack. Mm-hmm. And what, what are the, like, the parameters of the gunny sack? Explain that. So it's basically just taking the toy and putting it away so they can't play with it anymore. Right. So it's one of those very strong motivators. If, if you can't take care of your stuff, you're not going to have stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's strategies for how they can earn it back. They can earn it back by doing some extra chores, helping mom out, mm -hmm. you know, doing things to show that they have responsibility and they really do want the toy back. Yeah. And we just did this the other week with, I think it was Legos with the girls. Do you remember that? They did not clean up all their Legos and they kept leaving them on the floor. That was where Savannah could get to them. And babies and Legos is a bad combination because they can choke on them. And it just got to a point where they, they just weren't taking care of it. And they weren't cleaning up like they needed to. And so we put the Legos away for like a week. And they understood. They were sad, but they understood. And I remember them asking, can we have the Legos back yet? And we're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. You know, we, it was a week-long thing that we told them this is how long we're going to put them away for it because you girls need to understand that you need to clean them up and and they they understood that and I think it's good because yeah consequences are important for yeah. things like that and this kind of has a natural benefit also to kind of help you minimize the toys that you have in your house mm -hmm. because if a toy goes into the gunny sack and they really don't care and they never really come back asking for it that's probably a toy that you don't need in your house anymore. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and so also with con consequences, it's important to be consistent on when you do lay down the consequences for anything. Just don't just do open threats or whatever and not follow through on it and make sure that you do these things over and over again. And that applies to more than just chores in your lives. But consistency is key. Okay, so the next thing we want to talk about is setting up for success with cleaning and chores. And I kind of mentioned into this with the consequences is minimalizing. Really, kids don't usually want or need a lot of mm -hmm. toys. They mm -hmm. can only play with so many toys at once. So if you don't have a lot of toys, there's not a whole lot to clean up. Very true. Well, and a friend of mine, I just saw her post about this on social media the other day. And people were commenting on like her beautiful home and oh my gosh it's so gorgeous and one thing she said she was like minimalism people minimalism you know she's like the less you have the less you have to clean up and we've seen that a lot over the years I feel like 
I've become a serious minimalist. And we even just said that the other night. We were cleaning up and after dinner with the kids and I said, wow, I'm so glad that this is only the amount of toys that we have to clean up because we know people and we have friends or whatever who have an entire room full of toys, an entire playroom full of toys. And can you imagine how long it would take to clean that up? Oh yeah, it'd take you like an hour or so. Oh, crazy. So I'm glad we don't. Yeah. All of our toys fit into four baskets. Mm -hmm. And if we were to dump the contents out of those baskets on the floor in the living room right now, it still would only take us about five or ten minutes to pick everything mm -hmm. up. That's our main toys, which we kind of can rotate through in those baskets. But we still have like a play kitchen, which is added to that. And the girls do have some toys stored in their closet in their room. But you're right, like it's not, it's not a lot. Yeah, so their potential for destruction is minimalized. <laughs> so true. And so I think also with the minimalizing is it's good to go through every once in a while all your stuff, all your kids' toys or whatever, and anything in your house and say, mm, do I really use that? When was the last time I used that? You know, go through and see if you really need something. Does that really matter? Have you even really thought about that item in six months? Because that's my rule. If you haven't used something in six months, you're probably not going to use it again. So donate stuff, look at something that you could give to somebody, stuff that you wanted to sell and just go through it periodically. And another thing that helps with this is have a place for everything. Yes. Yes. Place for everything and everything in its place. Absolutely. That's my favorite thing in the world. So if you need to get out the label maker and put some labels, hooks for things that need to hang it up. We said baskets, we had baskets and totes and everything just Mm -hmm. Think about it when that new toy comes in to the house. Think about where it's going to go. Exactly. So the kids know where it needs to be put away at. Yeah, places like Ikea are great for this because they're all about fitting stuff in small spaces and they're all about storage. And so you have so many options for how you can store things, which is great. Next thing to help you have success is to also keep cleaning supplies handy. I know I've seen this like in our bathroom, we keep wipes, like sanitizing wipes in our bathroom that we can just quickly wipe down the counter, the toilet, whatever with. Kids kind of tend to get messy with their toothpaste or somebody gets a little messy on the toilet or whatever and we could just wipe something really quickly. So keeping those things handy and close by is important. And last tip for success is make it fun. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> A spoonful of sugar have helps some medicine go down. Have, have some cleaning music. Yes. Or, you know, you can make a job jar. I guess I would kind of act like the Powerball gambling. Everyone reaches into the jar and see who pulls out the short stick. And <laughs> see which one you can get. do. But that's something like job jar is super fun for younger kids, I think. Because you put like colorful sticks in it and they go, okay got today and yeah or you could do like a beat the buzzer or a stopwatch and say let's see how fast we can clean this room mm -hmm. and start a buzzer to see if we can get it all done in time. and I think that's better than just doing like a timer because those are two different ways to use like a timer there's the okay you have five minutes to do this which that doesn't tend to work as well as I'm just setting a stopwatch and we'll see how fast we can go yeah that makes it a more fun game the last kind of category we wanted to talk about was reinforcement. So how do you reinforce 
what needs to be done, things need to be cleaned. We kind of talked about this earlier on, but like making checklists so people know what to expect and what needs to happen. The next thing is be verbal reminders. You know, it can get na- we can get naggy after a while. We nag each other. Have you done this? Can you please do this? Pick this up. Clean this up. And it's exhausting to say that over and over as much as it is to hear it. So maybe different ways to do reminders like putting a sticky note on something where they can see it every time or doing messages too. Like if you have older kids who have a phone, maybe you'll set a little reminder in their phone or send them a quick text message and say, hey, don't forget to do this. I think there's just different ways to do it other than nagging verbally and say, please do this, please do this, please do this. (laughs) Yep, another good reinforcement thing is work together. It can kind of come off hypocritical if you're laying down on the couch, cruising Facebook, and you're yelling at your kids to go clean up the room. Have we ever done that before, (laughs) Michael? Nope. Never. We're perfect. Once again, we're perfect. They see you, they're like, oh, mom and dad are doing the dishes and Mm -hmm. sweeping while I'm cleaning up the living room. They get that togetherness to say, yep, we're all in this Mm -hmm. together. We're all this together wow all these songs tonight michael good job well and let me say one more thing about working together i think with young kids especially it's overwhelming when they have all their toys out and as much as you want them to put away one thing before they go into something else that just doesn't always happen and so they can have a pile of toys right in front of them and it's just they're young and they're overwhelmed and i don't know where to start and i know as an adult sometimes i get that way and i have to stop and go okay let's put these things here and so like say in our living room we have like a basket of blocks and we have a basket of train tracks train tracks and if those are both out you go okay let me come and help you go let's pick up the train tracks now and you help them and you guide them and you teach them and then once you get that done oh now those all the train tracks are gone let's pick up the blocks i think you have to teach them you have to be right there in with them yeah, you're right. It can seem daunting if you're to see the blocks and the train tracks and they're all just messed up over the floor and they really just, okay, where do I start? Yeah, they don't help, even help know. them start. Mm-hmm. And then something to help with the reinforcement. Rebecca's good about doing this. The way you word your reinforcement can help. Mm-hmm. So give them the two examples of saying the same thing but worded differently. So say your kid comes in and is like, hey, mom, can I watch a show? And there's a mess of toys in the living room or whatever. Or they need, there's a chore they need to do. Instead of just saying, yeah, you can watch a show. You can flip it around and say, well, if you do this, if you clean up your room or if you make your bed or if you go, like our kids sometimes they'll want to they'll play and they haven't gotten dressed in their clothes for the day or brushed their teeth. So we'll say, go get dressed, go brush your teeth, and let's do your hair, and then you can go do this. And usually, they'll hop to it. So it's, if you do this, then you can do whatever you just asked to do. Yeah, which is different than if you're to say, no, you cannot do this because of that. You cannot watch TV because your toys are out. Exactly. So it's flip it around and say, hey, here's the incentive. Do these few things, and then you can get the reward of whatever it was that you wanted. You can get what you want. You just got to do these first things first. And usually, they'll hop right to it. Like, as so many times, Jessica and Nicole, and they're sweet as can be. So maybe if they were, <laughs> we've still had our fights with this before. But in general, they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, mommy said yes. I just have to do these things first. So it's really nice. 
Um, and then the last part of reinforcement that I think is really important is that we show appreciation to our kids and to our spouses as well. Whenever they do something good, maybe they do something without being asked and we need to stop and we need to notice it and we need to say, wow, you did a really great job cleaning that or thank you for picking that up because we all know that positive reinforcement works way better than, oh my gosh, this place is a mess and it's negative. But if you stopped and you noticed and you said something really positive to them, they're more likely to want to do it again. Mm -hmm. Science has proven it. And I'm just reminding of a very wise advice from Tim, the Toolman Taylor. If <laughs> guys, if you're not getting that appreciation from your wives for your helping around the house, don't be afraid to kind of call it out. Say like, "Honey, where's that detergent? I'm doing the laundry." <laughs> it just you know, that's a good little reminder to your spouse that like, "Oh yeah, you're helping out." Hey, I'm. Where's the dish soap? I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> Because you want wifey to say, oh, good job doing the dishes, yeah. hubby. Yep, see, there you it's go. It's not like I haven't done them the past 15 times. times. <laughs> no, we appreciate it. Yep, so those are tips, tricks, our review of how to keep a home clean with kids. And thank you for joining us this evening on this episode of While, While the, the Kids, kids Sleep. sleep.